much has Northwest Arkansas grown in the past 10 years? Well, it's a lot, according to data recently released by the U.S. Census Bureau. And those numbers will have significant impact on our local communities, our municipal and county governments, and our school districts, and much more. We're going to talk about that today on the Know the News podcast. Hello, I'm Rusty Turner. I'm editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and I'm your host on today's podcast. Our reporters Doug Thompson and Mike Jones have been crunching those new census numbers for much of the last two weeks, and they've got a package of stories coming out on Sunday that will dive into what these numbers really mean. Doug is here with us to give us a little preview of that story. Welcome, Doug. Thank you. And we've also got with us today Jeff Hawkins. He's the executive director of the Northwest Arkansas Regional Planning Commission, and he'll help us put some of these some of this information into context for us. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Good morning. All right. Well, um, let's just get started. Doug, uh, let's start with you. Uh, what are the top takeaways from your story that, from the story that you and Mike are working on? It's that the explosive growth that we've seen in Northwest Arkansas isn't exactly spread about evenly. Let's put it that way. Obviously, uh, you got Fayetteville surpassing Fort Smith as the second largest town in, in Arkansas, which is, I mean, Fort Smith's been the second largest city in Arkansas probably since we were became a state. Um, and then that was a big deal. Springdale's not far behind. Uh, but the biggest eye-opening thing, the biggest surprise I had looking at these numbers, the little old town of Centerton in Benton County, which was, I mean, just a tiny space not that many not that long ago surpassed Siloam Springs just barely but they have a few more residents than Siloam Springs now and Siloam's grew I mean it wasn't like it's exactly sitting still either but once again uh, it just seems like the ones along that I-49 US-71 corridor grew as grew faster than anyone else um i i teased i I asked uh uh, chamber of commerce president steve clark of the fayetteville chamber what's it like um uh, being a chamber president for the second largest city and his response was and i quote super califragilistic expialidocious Anyway, but that was the biggest thing to me, that, yeah, we we grew, but not everybody grew at the same pace. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, So, Jeff, uh, anything surprised you about the numbers uh, when you finally got a look at them? Well, I was was surprised that uh, Fayetteville uh, accounted for about half of the growth in Washington County. Washington County grew about, oh, 41,000, nearly 42,000 population, and and 20 of that was in Fayetteville, uh, a little over 20. And uh, I was I was kind of surprised that uh, uh, Springdale wasn't a little bit higher. Uh, I uh, there was before the census and after um, Bethel Heights consolidated into Springdale, there was only about, you know, less than a thousand population between the two cities, between Fayetteville and Springdale. And uh, 
So that gap widened considerably, and it's not because Springdale didn't grow. It's because, you know, we, we sort of thought, even though the, the, you know, there's typically a minority undercount, and, and there were a lot of questions uh, leading up to the census that, 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 that some folks took as threatening, and, and that might have held the count down uh, a little bit with the minority population. Uh, but that was surprising. I, I, I agree with Doug. Uh, uh, the Centerton, you know, after the 2000 census, they were a little over 2,100, and now they're nearly 18,000. Uh, so that was that was a, a real eye opener as well. Uh, uh, but yeah. overall, uh, you know, it was pretty much the totals overall totals for when I say Northwest Arkansas, I'm talking about the two county area, which is our region. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you can go back to 1990, and, and but in that next ten year period, you know. Uh, we grew over a hundred thousand between 2000, 2010, we grew another 114 or thereabouts. And between 10 and 20, you know, we grew another 106,000. And uh, so we're looking, you know, every 10 years, uh, the percentage may not be as high cause we're dealing with a bigger number, but the actual number of, of, uh, increase is held fairly consistent you know 100 to 110,000 so we're looking at a new fort smith and van buren being built in the two county area up here every 10 years and that's just uh, kind of remarkable when you really think about that so i, and, I don't i don't want to dive too deeply into just reading off numbers here but just to just a little context there uh benton county in 2020 was 153,000 20 in 2010 was 221,000, and at the 2020 census, Benton County's 284,000. So that's you know, yes, that's mm-hmm. 130,000 in in that 20-year period. In Washington County, 2020, 157,000. 2010, 203,000. Uh, 2020, 245,000. So, uh, so you know, not quite 100,000 just in Washington County over the past 20 mm-hmm. years. So you're you know, it's a uh, it, it's still a pretty uh, a pretty steep incline. Rusty, I'm glad you mentioned that because that raises a point that, that ought to be brought out. Um, Benton County is growing faster than Washington County. I mean, you know, it's it's it, it, look, no, it, lots of people wish they had Washington County's percentages, okay? But I think it's important to point out that Benton County is growing faster. Yeah. That's the trend. Yeah, and and Benton County has been a larger county for uh, since 2010, or some, sometime between 2020 and 2020. Excuse me. Yeah. Sometime between 2000 and 2010, Benton County surpassed Washington County as the second most populous county in the state, and has has remained there. So uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so let's uh, you know you talked a little bit about Centerton passing Siloam Springs. They both grew. Centerton just grew by leaps and bounds, and and Siloam just mm-hmm. by a leap. Uh, uh, what are some of the other, some of the, you know, what impact does this have, uh, will this have on those small towns with this, you know, growth kind of concentrated on, along the spine of I-49? Well, uh, of course the, 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 we're seeing the, the, the 
you know, as the cities grow, you know, there's some cities that like Johnson, for example, I mean, they're hemmed in, there's nowhere to go, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, and, uh, and, you know, the, the progression from the South to the North is, is, you know, uh, pretty striking when you go clear back to 1990 and 2000 and on up, you look at the urbanized area and it was originally stopped in the 90 census that stopped at the county line. Uh, you know, and there were like six cities in the, what's called the urbanized area. That's the core. And, and, and then it went to 13 and now it's 21 and, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, and it's North. Uh, uh, generally speaking, the, 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 you know, you're going to see the, the population's going to follow the infrastructure. Um, you know, I-49 is a, is a key to that with the, you know, people commuting, uh, conveniently commuting. I'm not saying it's convenient to commute from Elkins to Bentonville, but, uh, but it may be from certain parts of Fayetteville to Bentonville. Uh, so that plays, plays a big factor. And, and, you know, your, your availability of water and sewer and that sort of thing. Uh, uh, I think, you know, we've got some major employers in the central part of the two county region. Uh, and you've got some new east west uh, 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 roads that make a big difference, like, like Don Tyson and uh, Huntsville. And uh, that makes a big difference. Uh, and, and, and your utilities, uh, uh, you're going to see more growth in those areas as they, uh, you know, like out toward, uh, another one that grew a pretty good bit was cave springs. Uh, uh, and when sanitary sewers available out there and water's available, of course, we're blessed to have beaver water district. And, uh, uh so when that infrastructure is available and those are buildable sites, uh, that's one factor the employment and the buildable sites in the central part of the region and the northern part of the region, as opposed to, you know, it's pretty hard to develop in the hills. Yeah. And we're not seeing the growth in West Fork and that way. We are seeing it up uh, Prairie Grove and Farmington, you know, mm-hmm. and even Elkins. It's, uh, so I want to circle back to the utilities question, let you both uh, address this. You know, Centerton has, is, you know, 17,000. That's that. Who would have thought that of Centerton 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm assuming that the avail- availability of, of sewer uh, uh, and water and sewer there um, is playing a huge role in, in, in making it, uh, making them able to build uh, so many new homes and so many residences out there as 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 perhaps other communities haven't ha- don't have that kind of access to to sewer water and sewer capacity. Is that a is that a fair statement? <laughs> That's a, that's a fair statement and you're absolutely right. The, uh, you know, the availability of, of water and sewer, uh, plays, uh, uh, well with, with population density and, and smaller lot development. And, uh, uh, but a lot, and in a lot of these smaller cities, you know, you, you may have what Springdale calls low density is what Tawny town may call high density. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, there's differences in different lot sizes and stuff like that. But when, when, uh, when sewer becomes available and water, uh, they can go to smaller lots and they are, and that that's some of the growth issues that 
that some of the fringe communities like uh, Tawny Town are dealing with. Uh, you know, you've got their planning comes into play. You know, Goshen, for example, has a two acre minimum lot standard. So, so obviously, you know, you're not going to have that density there. So you're not going to have that growth. Uh, and they don't have sanitary sewer. So all that plays into those density things and, uh, and, and where people are going to have the opportunity to, to locate. Roads get all the attention, but development follows sewer. I mean, that's just the way it I, is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, talking about the effects earlier, I just want to point something out. Two things I want to point out. We've talked a lot about Centerton and how it's had a jack-in-the-beanstalk type of growth, which is true. But let's acknowledge here that Cave Springs is the one that almost mm -hmm. tripled. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's just, you know, tripled since 2000. Or, or no, no, yeah. didn't triple since the last census. Uh, just to give an idea of scale here, you know, countywide sales tax is distributed according to population, okay? Yeah, and the census number sets it. Whatever happens between those tens of two and ten years doesn't matter. The census number the, sets your share. The decennial census, the ten-year yes, number. the ten-year number, exactly. Thanks for clarifying that for me. In 2000, after 2000, Centerton got... 1.4% of the county's sales tax money. In 2010, they got four, after 2010 census, they got 4.3% of the, of the Benton County sales tax money. Now they're in line, one, and this has all got to be certified, and since it's the state treasurer yeah. and all that, they're going to get six and a quarter wow. percent. And keep in yeah. mind, they're doing that while other parts of the county are growing too. Their share is still going up. Yep. So, well, let's talk a little bit about the impact on the larger communities along the Northwest Arkansas I-49 corridor. You mentioned Fayetteville is now the second largest uh, city in Arkansas with a population of about ninety-three thousand. Although you know Fayetteville's kind of landlocked too, so it is you know yeah. uh, so Fayetteville's growing up rather than out uh, like some of these other communities that have been annexing property and and growing out. So. Uh, uh, is, is that also happening in the other large towns? I was going to quickly say here that uh, I talked to Mayor Jordan of Fayetteville this morning, and he said, why, we had 54 people move in today, so I've got to say 94,000. <laughs> 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 so, uh, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but Fayetteville's been, has, has made much more of a commitment to, I don't know what you call it, the, the higher density than others. They, they've, they've really looked at that and, um, you know, somewhat to the chagrin of, of some, but it, it seems like they've made more concentrated effort on that. Am I wrong? On well, that? they've focused on infill. Uh, you're correct. Uh, uh, and, and the other thing that plays into their total is I think the Census Bureau did a, a a little bit better than a great job counting students. That, that's fair. I want to, <laughs> Jeff, I'm going to remind everybody here that when the census got started and COVID hit and having a pandemic in a census year is, is, is a disaster, um, all over the country, people were worried about university towns 
not being yep. able to, I mean, it was a nationwide concern. There were national, you steered me to, to one where the, it was hosted in Boston, but it was a Zoom meeting talking about, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do with, uh, with this? And they apparently, Fayetteville certainly doesn't seem to have been hurt, and I guess other university towns didn't either. One, had, a, a cynic a, might ask if they did a little bit too good of a job <laughs> on that. Anyway, go uh, ahead. That, that'll be interesting to make that see those comparisons in other university towns across the country. Uh, they did have a, a concerted effort to go back and consult with the universities on the number of students, and uh, they just did an extra, <laughs> an extra good job. Uh, uh, on on the on the students, uh, I do want but, to mention that Mayor Jordan also mentioned this morning that that the University of Arkansas and the city staff that the University of Arkansas did an outstanding job cooperating with the city staff yeah. on that, and he gave you know his city staff lavish praise. He said, "Well, I was off dealing with the pandemic; they took care of that," and and and. The, yeah, apparently they worked hand in glove with the university to to, mm -hmm. yeah. to do that. So, so and you know while and those students and those excuse me and those students uh, uh, are counted where they're where they've got their head on the pillow on April first. In mm -hmm. this case, school was released about uh, and they were sent home about a week before April first. Mm -hmm. So that was the concern. Uh, and uh, it's 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 good that they made that effort. Um, we've talked about you know, Centerton, for example, uh, getting a larger share of the county sales tax. Um, the the county governments uh, in in Benton and Washington County are, are have a little bit of a reverse of that because because the the population in the in the um, unincorporated areas of the county it did not grow at, at, at near the rate as it did in the, in the, in the municipality. So, so uh, once again, county governments are going to take a little bit of a hit, uh, I understand, on on, on They're in sales an absolute back. squeeze, yeah. frankly. Uh, Washington County Judge uh, Joseph Wood called me yesterday. The, the, the low estimate of, of how much they're going to lose is 750000 because they're getting that smaller share. It's a bigger pie, but they're getting a smaller slice of it. So seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. 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 And that's that's uh, you know whenever you know on the county sales tax, at least for these two counties, mm. it wasn't on the ballot otherwise how it would be split. So it's automatically split on prorated shares of population, and the county share is based on the unincorporated area population. So. You know, when we have uh, growth, uh, uh, your share of the county sales tax, uh, you know, if you're not growing at at least the average, you're going to get less share. Fortunately, uh, for the last <laughs> at least 20 years, the, the, the sales tax, particularly after the the uh, online thing came up, the, the, the total keeps getting larger. So in actual dollars there not might not be a reduction at least may, maybe for not very long uh as long as the growth continues in sales tax uh you might be getting less percentage but maybe not less money but meanwhile the county is growing i mean every one of those cities is part of the county all that exactly. puts more pressure on the county jail the county court systems 
the county and, registrars and clerks and what have you. The, the demand keeps going up. So even if you're even if your revenue is stable, you're flatlined every exactly. time. Yeah. And the county's got the courts and and those other issues that cities don't have to worry about. And uh, yeah, and frankly, every time and every time there's a high growth area, there's a good chance somebody's going to annex it. So out yeah. of the unincorporated area, it goes. The so. county's got those responsibilities, whether they've got less people or not. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I have. We've we've heard that uh, every ten years from the from <laughs> from from county judges, but uh, sometimes it, it seems like every ten days. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, Doug, you and I talked about this the other day. One of the one of the surprises. Uh, what had to do with school districts and, uh, and and the way school boards are elected. And, you know, when you think about census, you, you know, n- no one would necessarily think about how it's going to affect the way school boards are elected. But, um, you know, in, in Arkansas, uh, most school boards are elected, uh, school board positions are elected at large unless the minority population within the district reaches a certain benchmark. Right. And at that point, the school districts have to break their school boards up into zones and elect people by by population zones rather than everybody being elected at large, and that this the numbers appear to uh, to indicate that a lot of school districts locally are going to have to change the way they elect their school boards, they're going to have to. and they're going to have to do it pretty fast. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I knew nothing about this until earlier this week when Jeff told me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was sitting there. Yeah. If you're, Thanks for the tip, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put it this way: not not so much a tip as a as a pointed spear. Because <laughs> <laughs> seriously, if you get more than ten percent minority population in your district, you split that into wards. You have to have you you can't have at large elections. Well, you can have some, but basically, mm-hmm. you have to have at least five members of your board. And from elected from districts, and the purpose of that is obviously was it was passed long time ago to prevent school boards from basically discriminating against uh, minority populations and give them some chance for for representation in the yes. district. Well, if you look at the 2019 estimates, which the state and others did. It looked like many of them, like Prairie Grove. Pea Ridge was the only district that was going to have to bother with it this year. Well, then the real numbers came out. And I can't remember off the top of my head, but Prairie Grove, let me put it this way. There will not be a school district left in Benton or Washington County that will not have to have districts. And they've got to do it fast. Um, Because... They've got like they've got school elections coming up in May. Yeah, uh, there again, a few years ago, when you know, uh, for, for many many years, school dist- school board elections were always in September, and uh, and a state law changed a few years ago uh, to to put those school board elections on either the primary date uh, in May in the spring or the general election date in November, and most school districts around here chose the the primary May. date, the May date, and so. Uh, here we are in August. These census numbers come out, and all these school districts are, who have been electing board members at large are now going to have to figure out school district zones and change the way that 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 those elections are done. And they've got to do it before uh, before the election in May. I had a oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. Did I cut you off? No, 
Okay. I had an interesting conversation this morning with uh, David Kellogg of the Prairie Grove um, School District. And they, I, I, I basically gigged them. I said, okay, you, the state was telling you in April that everything was going to be fine, and now you're not. You know, how mad are you at the state expecting a really good quote out of that? And he said, you know, Everybody knows what COVID did to the census. Everybody knew about the lawsuits, about the citizenship question. Everybody knew that, you know, it was the, the delays. He said, I'm not mad at them at all. They, they, they did the best they could, and it just kind of snowballed on them. Mm. Um, and so I'll put it this way. I forget his name, but there's a there's a, a demography expert in Little Rock who's getting a lot of business <laughs> out of Washington and Benton County quite suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 uh, you're correct about the, the, you know, in April, they the state put out a uh, an estimate over who is going to be uh, affected by, by, I call it the John Walker Law, uh, that, that, that established this law that if you're over 10% minority population, you have to have one of, you have to have uh, zones. Just so, just so everybody know, Mr. And Walker actually, was a very prominent actually, civil rights lawyer yeah. who got this yeah. passed. Go and, ahead. And there's actually three different uh, options that, that they can uh, do if they've got, they, right now, they could have five at large, they could have seven at large, mm -hmm. if you're subject to the law, or if you went through a consolidation like Greenland did with with uh, Winslow, they had to go to zones a long time ago because of that mm -hmm. in 2005 or six. Um, the others uh, gotten caught with the 10% uh, uh, law, and the three choices are... You, uh, Rusty was correct. The, the, the single member, you got to have zones. So you can have five single member district zones and elect two board members at large. You could have five single member district zones for five member school board, or you could have seven single member districts for seven board members. So those are the three options. Uh, Prairie Grove the other night uh, elected to go five and two. So they've named two at-large members, and they'll have five that come up uh, in May. And uh, right, right now, uh, as of last week, uh, and I think we're going to be helping uh, assist in the school districts. Uh, we we did all the school districts that needed zoned 10 years ago and some of them 20 years ago. Uh, and uh, we've offered that as a public service this time as well. And uh, we're doing uh, the, the, all those for the school districts at no charge. Uh, so it's not going to, you know, it's just the right thing to do. Um, the, the, uh, they've got to make that determination of how many zones are going to go to uh, right away. They'll, they'll have to do that in October the, the, or no later than then. And they'll have to... Uh, because the legislature passed uh, a law earlier this year that changed the date uh, that they had to have these plans done and filed with the County Election Commission. They passed Act 511, which rolled the deadline back from 90 days from the filing deadline, which is for May, uh, which is 
March 1st. It was 90 days, and they passed Act 511 and made it 120 days. Oh, man. Yeah. So the, so the tight schedule got a little tighter. So these plans will have to be approved and at the county election commission by the 1st of November. So uh, we're working on those right now. Uh, the, the other thing, uh, uh, just the, 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 those that were surprised, uh, and Doug's absolutely right. Everybody, there's going to be six, uh, that weren't at zones that will be, We'll have to go to zones, um, and that's that's all fifteen counties, uh, all fifteen districts in the two county area. Wow. Uh, the surprise grab it was like estimated in April to be at five point eight percent. It came in at fifteen percent. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah. Westport Westport was estimated to be oh it looks like your twenty twenty is going to be four point five percent. Well, it came in at fourteen point seven. Wow. Uh, Elkins even at 6.9, it came in at 17.9. So the estimates were 11% off. Yeah. And, and, and Doug asked the question the other day about, well, why is the minority population so high? And, and, and I'm sure he's working on that right now, trying to get to the bottom of that, but the actual numbers for minority population came in a lot, a lot higher. And there's a lot of discussion about how is that possible? What happened? How could they estimates and and reality be that far off? Uh, and you know, there were two, uh, there were two questions about race on the census this time instead of one. Mm -hmm. And and there's also the, the, some, some people are also saying, well, part of that reason is because of the, the DNA uh, test that people get and they're answering two or more races now instead of the, uh, Previously, they might have said one. Now, I don't think that's got a big deal to do with it, but, but that's some of the discussion that's going on out there. But the, but the, but the, but yeah, everybody's going to be affected. It's going to be uh, a time crunch. It's going to be challenging to get everything uh, on time, and uh, and unfortunately, you know, when you're going to zones for the very first time, they're they're. You know, there is no hard and fast rule. All these are done uh, contrary to what somebody at, the, uh, at one of the state uh, associations put out is that redistricting is done based on voting age population. That is not, not correct. True. It's done on total population. And, uh, and when you do it on total population, if you, if you're, uh, uh, some of those that Rusty mentioned that you're, you're uh, at large, you might have two or three board members live in the same neighborhood. Well, you know, you can't establish districts and separate necessarily. We, we, we try to take that into consideration uh, where people live, the board members live, but uh, uh, sometimes it's not possible to, to establish zones without putting more than one board member, you know, that can be mitigated if they did a five and two a split mm -hmm. and two at large, mm -hmm. but it still may not be possible. It, it rarely comes up. It came up 10 years ago when we did uh, the, the ward redistricting plan for Rogers. They'd grown so much to the West and the Southwest that there was absolutely no way you could draw a ward on the East side of town. 
uh, without putting three aldermen in the same ward. Yeah, and no, that. there's only two aldermen per ward. Yeah. Fortunately, that, that gentleman, uh, one, uh, one of the aldermen decided to retire that year. So, I want to say one other quick thing about this, and we'll move on. The legislature is coming back into session at some point in the fall. They've got to do congressional districts based on the census information that we just got. Hopefully, well, I don't know, they might move some deadlines around. I mean, these deadlines are set in state law, and the legislature makes that law, state law. So, yeah. and I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, you did mention the one last thing I do want to talk about, and I know it's not going to be addressed in your stories this weekend, but mm -hmm. uh, it is a huge factor. Uh, the census numbers play a huge factor in this, and that's legislative redistricting and congressional redistricting. And, um, uh, Doug, I know you crunched some numbers recently uh, mm -hmm. that, that I think we all knew the, the, the delegation from northwest Arkansas from the two, from the two county area up here was going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you've got some you've got some estimates about how how much it's going to grow. There are in the ideal house district, so to speak, there would be thirty thousand one hundred and fifteen people. Right. There are three house districts in Benton County that, according to the latest now the accurate estimates we've got, have forty four thousand people apiece. You could take any two of them and cut your three house districts. Uh, anyway, this is very crude math. Do not take this to the bank, okay? And I'll explain why in a minute. But I added up the, um, the 13, the population totals for the 13 House members who actually live in Benton or Washington County. I then divided it by 30,115 and got 16. So three more House members, and that's, that's a conservative. I did the same thing for the senators who actually live in Benton or Washington County, and I did the five senators, and I got six. So one senator and, you know, three uh, House members seems like a pretty good minimum, but let me explain why you can't take that to the bank. There are two more representatives who live in Crawford County who represent considerable parts Tawny Town, for example, considerable mm -hmm. parts of Washington uh, Prairie Grove, considerable parts of um, Washington County, and so yeah, it, it 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 wouldn't surprise me at all if 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 my you know back of the envelope estimate of three more House members and one more senator is is low at least on the House side. We'll see what happens, but yeah. uh, they've got to they've got to apportion that now. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just going to say, Jeff, did you have something to add there? Oh, no, I, 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 uh, that's, a, that's a good analysis. I think yeah. that's right on. Yeah. Okay. So, so that, you know, you know, if those numbers hold true, that's a reasonable, educated guess. So those numbers hold, yeah. hold true. I think it's a conservative yeah. guess. But so three additional House members and one additional uh, Senate member from, from this part of the world. Uh, you also crunched some numbers, I think, on the, on the third congressional district. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, just wow. Yeah. If you add what I call the I-49 corridor together, Washington, Benton, Crawford, and Sebastian counties, <clears throat> you add those together. You then add Carroll County because, I mean, you know, even the folks in Carroll County will tell you that they're closely tied to the economy in northwest Arkansas. 
you don't even have enough room left for little old Madison County. Mm. I mean, it's that tight. Um, basically, um, I, I, I had speculated months ago that, uh, you know, I don't see how uh, the 3rd Congressional District can hang on to Russellville. And, and I, I doubted they could hang on to Harrison either. And no, I just don't see any way that you can draw a district and to go then you know and, and and go that far down I forty. Yeah, I mean I just I, seriously I don't see it. And it certainly seems to make sense to have Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley, Fort Smith, I should say, it, uh, in the same congressional district. It, it it makes sense to me. And I heard the mayor of Fort Smith Tuesday night get up and say at a public meeting we want to stay in the third congressional. In fact, what they, he didn't say this, but I've heard other people in Fort Smith say it, that they, they'd like some of the communities that were cut out. I mean, you know, Crawford County was cut in half. Yeah. The congressional district line goes right down I-70, US-71. It cuts the town in two. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's the town of the town of Alma, Alma, in two. Yeah. Alma, Alma, yeah. and two, yeah. and and they'd like some. They'd like that restored. Um, we do have some people in Fort Smith who want to go in the fourth because they want to be the biggest town. But you know, then you've got all the people in the fourth district saying you want to be our biggest town overnight. I don't think so. <laughs> so it's yeah. going to be interesting. It makes perfect sense to me to have the River Valley and, and the I-49 corridor in the same district. But I'm going to point something out here. If you do that, if I was arguing against it, if you do that, you're going to have the second, the third, and the fourth largest cities in your most growing region in one can get congressional district. If you put Sebastian County and leave it in the third, it may this may be the last time you leave it in the you're able to leave it in the third. It's going to draw up more towards Benton and Washington County with every census. Yeah. Current trends continuing. Yeah. Jeff, anyway. you, you, go ahead. I was just going to say I I I I hope they. Uh, Keep counties as whole as they possibly can. Uh, the, the 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 Madison County, you know, that is actually part of our metropolitan statistical area. Uh, it's so there's part some, of our judicial district where there are courts. Yeah. 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 Oh, so there's there's that. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know that that plays into the legislature's thinking, but yeah. <laughs> I would hope that it would. Well, and because. And you, you point that out because a big chunk of Madison County is in the 4th Congressional District rather than the 3rd. Exactly. Currently. And yeah. we won't go into the history of how yeah. that happened, but it was <laughs> yeah. bizarre. Yeah. And 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 one thing I told the, the at the hearing they had in Bentonville on the State Board of Apportionment, uh, you know, what is oftentimes missed every 10 years is you know, the recognition by the state board of apportionment and the legislature and where they draw their lines and how those lines and those boundaries affect uh, the counties, the county clerk's office. Uh, when those, when, 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 uh, where they draw their lines, they, they, they historically have not, you know, taken due consideration of where they put their lines and how that affects the county clerk's office. They have to make new precinct assignments and, and and do thousands and thousands of of new precinct assignments and send notices out to to, to voters, uh, and it has a 
big difference. And, and a lot of times it's not even taken into consideration. And I hope it is this time. Yeah. Remains to be seen, though. Yeah. Well, I, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about these census numbers for quite a while as we as we hash out all, all these things and even more. There, there, were, there were aspects of this we didn't even get a chance to discuss today, but uh, uh, we'll get a chance to talk about them a little bit later. I want to thank uh, both Doug Thompson, our reporter at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, who is working with Mike Jones on a package of stories this weekend about the census numbers and what it means in, in our region. I also want to thank Jeff Hawkins the executive director of the Northwest Arkansas Regional Planning Commission for also helping us put these uh, these issues into context. Jeff, I hope you can come back and talk to us about this some more. Sure. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you both for being here today. Yes, sir. That's just one of the great stories we're going to bring you this weekend in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Janelle Jessen continues her excellent coverage of the local impact of COVID-19 with a story about antibody treatments for infected individuals in the region. Read about a proposed 60-unit affordable housing development proposed in Fayetteville called Patriot Park. Thomas Sicente will update us on a proposal to cap the number of inmates held in the Sebastian County Jail in Fort Smith. As classes start at the University of Arkansas in Fort Smith, read about how students and faculty will guard against COVID-19 infections. Check out Lorinda Jinks's preview of the Washington County Fair. And we'll get you ready for the first week of high school football with our annual prep rally preview section. That also comes out on Sunday. All of this great content and more is available to our subscribers on our Replica app for smartphone and tablet and at our website at nwaonline.com. Non-subscribers don't have to miss out. Just hit the subscribe button on, your web on our website or call us at 479-684-5509. If you like the Know the News podcast, subscribe by hitting the subscribe button on your device right now. I'm Rusty Turner, and I'm saying thanks for joining us this week on the Know the News podcast. <music>